Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Like a true life version of Psycho, Adele Curtis's last shower makes everyone's blood run cold. The horror she must have felt being confronted by this male in her space and the manner in which she was murdered. Who would want to silence this fun-loving woman with an insatiable lust for life? The two things that uh, seem to cause the most problems between people are money and sex. And this murder is about both. It's a potboiler of unsavory suspects. A muscle-bound boyfriend who's gone missing. An irate ex-tenant who wants to settle the score. And the neighborhood peeping Tom. All kinds of thoughts are going through your mind as far as who could have committed this crime and why. Only when a curious clue catches detectives' eyes does the true story behind this whodunit start to unfold. This could result in the identity of the perpetrator. This could be the smoking gun. How well do you know your neighbors? What lies behind the white picket fences? Phoenix, Arizona is a bustling metropolis rising out of the Sonoran Desert. But if this city seems to be growing like a weed, once upon a time, it was so sleepy, it was almost named after a vegetable. Phoenix originally was going to be called Pumpkinville because of all the pumpkin patches we have here. Pumpkinville sounds nice, but I'm glad it's named Phoenix. And one of the biggest fans of this Cinderella city is Adele Curtis. Back in 1996, this lovely divorcee is hoping to find another Prince Charming in a city full of prospects. And this mother of five grown kids has plenty to keep her going. Even after two decades, her family still remembers how Adele made fast friends wherever she went. She was the type of person that other people would 
genuinely drawn to. She was genuinely a good person. And she was always able to start up a conversation. It's this charisma that's helped Adele build a successful business as a local landlord, renting properties all over Phoenix. But when Adele's mother gets sick, Adele's job takes a back seat, and she temporarily packs her bags and moves two hours away to Wyndon, Arizona, to take care of her. Then she was going back and forth between Wyndon and Phoenix. It was probably hard for her, but she always managed to do it. That was my mother. And 15 years ago, while on one of those trips back to Phoenix, the music finally stops for Adele. On Thursday, July 11th, Adele mentions to daughter Christy she'll be spending the day in Phoenix fixing up a condo for a new tenant. At the time, Christy doesn't give it much thought. But the next day, when Christy hears from her family that Adele never returned to Wendon as she'd planned, Christy fears the worst. I started pacing. I knew, I knew something was wrong. I did. It's been four days since anyone last heard from Adele. So a panicked Christy calls her cousin Rose in Phoenix to go check the last place Adele was supposed to be, the two-story condo she rents out downtown. When Rose sees Adele's truck is missing, she heads inside using the spare key Adele gave her. And that's when she's hit with a hint of the horror to come. When she first came into the condo, I believe it was the smell that struck her right away. Cautiously, Rose follows the stench up the stairs. As soon as she makes it to the landing, Rose gets a glimpse through the open bathroom door, and chills shoot down her spine. Adele's naked and decaying body is sprawled out on the floor, a pool of blood under her head. My cousin broke down and cried. Really, when hysterical. Couldn't stop it. She took it pretty hard. When Detective Ira Williams of the Phoenix PD gets word of a suspicious death at a condo on North 33rd Drive, this born and bred local finds himself traveling down memory lane. While the victim's name, Adele Curtis, doesn't ring a bell, the address sure does. I grew up about a mile from where that crime occurred. And when that call came out and the location, it hit home. But Detective Williams has no time for nostalgia as he races to the scene. And the dedicated detective momentarily stops dead in his tracks when he steps inside the vacant condo. My first sense was that it was a very eerie feeling. Uh, the structure was virtually empty of any personal belongings. I observed a purse uh, sitting on the countertop. Based on the report Adele's niece called in, he makes a beeline for the bathroom. And the second this super sleuth spots Adele's remains, he knows she's been deceased for at least a few days. The discoloration of the body, the bloating, the head and face were 
very dark in color. It's a gruesome sight. And William struggles to keep his emotions in check and concentrate on the crime. I'd like to focus on my job and responsibilities at hand. However, I have feelings for the deceased individual and the possible manner of, of death that may have occurred. Although Williams notices the pool of blood under Adele's head, with no visible marks on the badly decomposed body, he can't tell for sure how Adele died. But he's certain he knows what she was doing right before her life came to a tragic end. It appeared that Adele had exited the shower and had a towel with her draped over her legs. Clothing was stacked on top of the toilet tank in the bathroom. But Williams doubts Adele just slipped and fell. He has a feeling something more sinister is at play, especially when he encounters a curious item in the bathroom sink, a piece of cut lamp cord. The wound up electrical cord in the bathroom sink led me to believe that that may have been used to commit the crime. The good detective is certain someone wrapped it around Adele's neck. William scans the rest of the bathroom for any more incriminating evidence. And sure enough, this sharp-eyed Sherlock stumbles upon a compelling clue about a foot away from the body. I observed a single red dot on the floor, which appeared to be a drop of blood which seemed out of place to me from the pool of blood initially around Adele's body. I don't know how that single blood drop got there. How did the blood end up in such an odd spot? And is it Adele's blood or her killer's? Confounding questions, to be sure, and this discerning detective knows better than to dismiss any possibility just yet. When you are present at a crime scene, it's the things that you observe initially that you may not think are very important, but later on during the investigation may become very important in your case. Investigators collect a blood sample and dust for prints throughout the room. As Williams wonders, who would want this little lady out of the picture? At the beginning stages of the... Uh, investigation, all kinds of thoughts are going through your mind as far as who could have committed this crime and why. In search of a motive, the detective takes a look back downstairs and sees Adele's purse on the counter. Seems someone rifled through it, and since the wallet's empty, maybe they took the cash. Could Adele have surprised a thief looking for loot? The locked door and the fact that there was no forced entry made me think along the lines of the perpetrator may have had a key to enter the townhouse. So who else has keys to Adele's castle besides her niece? Investigators quickly come up with a whole phone book of folks to talk to. It's always important to interview and speak to as many people as you can to find out, uh, particularly Adele's situation, uh, previous boyfriends, marriages, uh, any conflicts that uh, existed at the time. I was concerned with her connections here and who her, her acquaintances were, her friends here locally. 
when detectives dig into Adele's cache of contacts, they find more than just a few salient suspects, including a secret suitor. Adele had a relationship with an individual for some time. It was my impression that it may have been a relationship that Adele Curtis did not speak a lot about. Adele's daughter tells police Adele played her honey pretty close to the vest. About all Christie knows is his name, Kenny Collins. I didn't know anything about him personally. I didn't know anything about my mom's boyfriend. So detectives can only wonder about Adele's relationship with her sweetie. Did she break off their romance after it went sour, leading Kenny to pay his former flame an unexpected visit? Or is the key to the case locked in another mystery? Adele's missing truck. I thought that that would lead to the identification of the perpetrator. And every piece of evidence that we could collect from the vehicle, I believed would be helpful. After all, while detectives did find Adele's purse in the kitchen, her keychain is gone. Did Adele's hot lover make off with her hot wheels? Or did someone else pick up her truck? Detectives don't have the vehicle on their GPS just yet, but they're about to get a call that spins them in the right direction. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
There's a saying in Phoenix that natives always check their boots for scorpions before they slip their feet inside. But hours after local landlord Adele Curtis is found murdered in her rental condo, Maricopa County attorney Ted Duffy is more worried about another type of predator. The crime was particularly horrific. The first thing I thought of seeing a woman treated in that manner was uh, uh, not dignified. From his desk at the DA's office, Duffy has a pretty good read on the nitty-gritty details of this case. And when it comes to investigating homicides, this prosecuting pro knows where to look for bad guys. We were quite interested in Adele's background to see if there were anyone who might have a grudge with her. A jealous boyfriend, jealous former husband, neighbor, anyone who might have a cause to do something like this. And it looks like Detective Ira Williams already has someone who fits the bill. Police believe Adele recently called it quits with boyfriend Kenny Collins. And perhaps that left this rooster with ruffled feathers. Now, investigators want to know if this secret led Kenny to flip his lid and finish their fling once and for all. It was important to speak with Kenny and ascertain what information he might have pertaining to her visit to Phoenix and background information about their relationships. Could her one-time steady supply some answers for investigators? Detectives think the fast track to finding Adele's mystery man is to locate her missing truck. Maybe Kenny used Adele's wheels for a quick getaway out of town. It was critical that we located Adele Curtis's vehicle. That's why the information pertaining to the vehicle was immediately broadcast. While William's crime-fighting crew tries to track down Adele's elusive lover and her missing truck, the ME's autopsy report lands on the detective's desk. And it's a page-turner. Even though she wasn't sexually assaulted, it seems there's more to Adele's injuries than first met detectives' eyes. The medical examiner advised us that the method of strangulation caused the death of Adele Curtis, and it was caused by use of an electrical cord. Based on internal injuries, it sure looks like the cut lamp cord found in Adele's bathroom sink was the likely murder weapon. The ME also tells investigators that based on the level of decomposition, Adele was probably killed on Sunday, four days before her body was discovered. But that doesn't get detectives any closer to pegging Adele's ex, Kenny, as the perp. It kind of left the door wide open at that point. There was a lot of legwork to, yet to be done. And just a short time later, detectives begin to make some headway. A passing patrol spots a truck that sure looks like Adele's, abandoned about a mile away from her condo. One particular officer had observed this vehicle parked behind the foxhole bar, and it matched Adele Curtis's vehicle. Maybe Adele and her snubbed suitor met up for a last hurrah. Or could Adele have hooked up with a mystery man at the bar and let him drive her home, where he did her in? Williams races to the bar faster than a saloon slinger pours a shot of scotch. 
But when he arrives, his hopes come to a screeching halt. From what was told to me initially from the bar owner was that the vehicle had been parked behind the bar for a few days. So by the detective's calculations, the truck was left around the same time Adele was killed on Sunday. But the bar owner says he's never heard of Adele Curtis or Adele's former flame, Kenny. So who drove the truck to this final resting place? The hope was that there would be some evidence in the car to solve that riddle. Seems this vehicular villain probably fled the scene in a hurry, dropping the keys beside the truck. But police do spot something that could reveal the killer's identity. An empty soda can tossed on the passenger side floor. Williams knows this find might be the trick to quenching his thirst for answers. A soda pop can in a vehicle is a likely item of evidence to obtain fingerprints. The perpetrator may have removed it from the scene. They also dust the keys for fingerprints. But it'll take time to process this evidence. And meanwhile, detectives keep trying to find Adele's ex-lover, Kenny Collins. But after beating the bushes around town to locate this lost Lothario, Kenny is still nowhere to be found. We hit a roadblock as far as uh, positively identifying that individual at that point in time. The boyfriend was in the wind, and we did not have an opportunity to uh, contact him and obtain any vital information. So detectives set Kenny Collins aside, at least for the time being. It is important to keep moving on the investigation. However, you still maintain the information that you have about the boyfriend. Detectives leave no stone unturned, searching all over for this standout suspect. Then, like a bolt out of the blue, a surprise witness steps forward with a tantalizing tip about someone with an ax to grind with Adele that could lead them straight to her killer. One week after Adele Curtis's murder, folks in Phoenix know there's one person they can turn to for comfort. Lusa Costa, proprietor of Pepe's Taco Villa restaurant. They call me the Mexican Oprah because people come in and they tell me their problems because I always know what's happening. Always know what's happening here in this community. This culture-crossing cuisine connoisseur is known for serving up the best spice of life in the Southwest, all while dishing with her clients about the condo killer. The community was worried about the killer. They didn't know if he had killed before, if he was going to kill again. So it really scares the people. And with Adele's ex, Kenny Collins, gone like a ghost, detectives find themselves without a solid suspect in their sights. The suspect pool was still wide open. We had, at that point, still had not focused on any particular suspect. With no one else on deck, Detective Williams continues to canvas the condo complex where Adele was found, looking for anyone who may have seen something shocking that Sunday afternoon. Maintenance personnel are generally um, out and about 
and make observations frequently about persons, dates, and times, um, and make um, critical observations on occasion. So detectives chat up the groundskeepers and condo maintenance men. Unfortunately, no one remembers spotting any suspicious characters prowling around the premises. So Detective Williams keeps looking for that missing piece that'll finish off his investigation. You try to make sure that you've covered all the bases. Hopefully over time, people come forward and something or someone that they heard and um, then it kind of rekindles the investigation. That's exactly what happens a day later when detectives receive a surprise visit from an unlikely guest. And what she says could turn the tables on the investigation. Adele's friend, Anita Watkins, has made the two-hour drive from her home in Wyndon, and after talking to Adele's family, she's now convinced she was at Adele's condo the very day she was killed. The last person who saw Adele alive just simply dropped by the house for a visit um, and stated that uh, Adele was uh, fine, nothing unusual. But Anita only stayed a little while, since Adele was heading out soon. Told the friend that she had planned on leaving and driving back to Wyndon to be with family members after she had taken a shower. Anita says when she left later that afternoon, Adele was alive and well. But, she says, there's more to the story. And detectives' ears perk up when Anita tells them she might have a bead on a promising lead. Something Adele mentioned that fateful day. Well, there was information from the friend of Adele that Adele had had a quarrel over money with a previous tenant and had to evict that tenant. And what Anita says next will heat up the investigation. She believes Adele's problems with former tenant, Paul Dalton, didn't end when he moved out. The previous tenant had been behind on rent for approximately two months and had been evicted. However, there were certain properties still remaining in the townhouse, which Adele was hoping the prior tenants would, would be there soon to pick up. Maybe this hothead came back to get his things and his revenge. The first thing that came to my mind was anger. I would not think that someone that was evicted would be too happy about the situation. Investigators pounce on this tip like a coyote on his kill and immediately begin digging up dirt on this reprobate renter. Investigators looked in the background. They found he had a minor record. However, he had uh, some money problems with Adele. But strangely enough, what raises the biggest red flag for Detective Williams is what Paul Dalton is studying at school. He was a student in um, electronics at a local technical school, which then made me think about the evidence that was found at the scene as far as the electrical cords and so forth. Um, it just struck a note with me. But would this starving student be spiteful enough to strangle his former landlady? Paul had the perfect chance when he stopped by the condo to get his stuff. So maybe the detective is chasing the right perp. Dalton had all the motives to commit the crime. 
He had the access to the townhouse. He had the anger component because he was evicted. He may have taken that opportunity to um, act out his anger on Adele when he found her in, in the townhouse. Could this irate electrician have been charged up enough to send Adele the shock of her life? And if Paul did blow a fuse, Detective Williams thinks he might have a lock on the right man. It was a priority to talk to Dalton as he was the number one uh, focus of the investigation. It's time for investigators to round up this rogue renter and see if sparks fly when they turn on the heat. But a blast from the past will send this case on a collision course with a character they never expected. And a single spot may seal the deal. You know you're an Arizona native when you run indoors and shut your windows at the first sight of a dust storm rolling in across the desert sands. But two weeks after Adele Curtis's murder, it's a cloud of caution that forces locals to latch their doors and stay off the streets. Having an unsolved murder, it keeps you thinking every day, is my child safe or is my family safe? Detective Ira Williams of the Phoenix Police understands the fear in the air. So it's a good thing he has a strong suspect right in front of him. Adele's evicted renter, 25-year-old Paul Dalton. The focus of the investigation was on him due to the fact of the circumstances of the eviction, the fact that Adele Curtis was strangled. It's a violent act. Um, to me, it describes anger on the part of the assailant. But in case it takes more than the dry Arizona heat to get this guy to sweat, Williams welcomes one of Arizona's coolest cops to the case. For Detective Bill Steeby, there's more to being a top cop than just grabbing the glory. Um, like I said, when you, you know, television portrays that we go out and do all of this stuff and bingo, you're done. Well, in reality, very important to, you know, uh, cross all your T's, dot all your I's, to make sure that you put together a very thorough, complete investigation. Detective Steeby joins Ira Williams, and the dynamic duo turn their attention to rounding up Adele's renter, Paul Dalton. They locate him living with family. Time to see what this dastardly denizen has to say about returning to Adele's place to retrieve his stuff. Dalton had a lot of explaining to do when he was brought in for interview. Everything at that point was pointing toward him as being the number one suspect. With Paul in the hot seat, detectives try to get his blood to boil. They start by asking Paul when he stopped by the condo and if he saw Adele. And what he tells detectives next has them out of their chairs. He had indicated that he had a key and he came back to the residence at the beginning of that week of Adele's murder. What's even more amazing is Paul claims he and his girlfriend picked up his stuff on Monday afternoon. 
the day after the coroner believes Adele met her maker on the bathroom floor. Seems mighty odd, to say the least. It is not often that you run into a situation where you have a dead body in a residence for the length of time and someone enters and doesn't notice or observe the body. Either Paul has a very stuffy nose or he's twisting the timeline to make it seem like he was inside the condo after Adele was already dead, concealing the fact that he's the real killer. But as the detectives' questions heat up, Paul keeps his cool. Paul claims all his stuff was on the first floor, giving him no reason to head upstairs. Posed to the question, did you have any idea, you know, that, that, that Adele was upstairs deceased? And that, you know, indicated that, it, that kind of freaked him out. And he said that that really bothered him. But something sure smells fishy to detectives. And they can't be too careful when it comes to a suspect with a grudge and easy access. Even though, you know, we don't have anything that's overly obvious, he has a key, he has access to this place. The potential for maybe him coming back and having an altercation occurring was always there. When detectives track down Paul's girlfriend, she confirms she helped Paul carry out his belongings on Monday. She swears up and down she had no idea Adele was dead upstairs either. So with nothing to prove otherwise, investigators are left high and dry. We were asking a lot of poignant questions. Some of the questions were tough questions. But that at a particular time, there was no reason to believe what he was saying was not true. We had no physical evidence to trump him otherwise. We had no ace in the whole car or anything like that. With few hard facts tying Paul to Adele's murder, detectives are forced to cut this cagey character loose. And with no new tricks up their sleeves, it seems they're clean out of magic bullets for now. The case basically just went to a point where all the leads were followed up because there just wasn't any arrows pointing in any particular direction. Detective Stevie is still determined to solve Adele's murder. But with no other leads to track, the case goes cold. Then, in 2003, seven years after Adele's murder, the landscape of law enforcement changes. With new advancements in DNA detection, investigators decide to fire the case back up and see if the physical evidence collected from the scene could reveal the identity of their killer. In reopening the Dale Curtis case, I thought that we actually had some odds in our favor because of the scene investigation that had been done and the evidence that had been collected. It gave us something, a really good starting point. Specifically, Detectives decide to focus on one particular piece of evidence for DNA testing. The mysterious single blood drop discovered in the bathroom where Adele's body was found. Could this be the clue that cracks the case? The blood that was found back in 96 from that scene, at that particular time frame, uh, may or may not have been enough to be able to obtain a profile. But it was definitely enough for what we needed now. Police send the blood sample off to the lab, along with the soda can found in Adele's abandoned truck. It isn't long before they receive a call that supercharges the investigation. As things went on, evidence started coming back. We were able to get a DNA profile from the blood spot on the bathroom floor and the pop can. 
it seems the blood drop and the soda can contain DNA from the same person. And it isn't Adele. So we had a pretty good, you know, indication that, that that's our suspect. And investigators have a sneaking suspicion that their mystery man is none other than Adele's evicted ex-tenant, Paul Dalton. Thinking that he possibly could be involved, I looked at him to the point of getting uh, physical DNA evidence from him. Will DNA give detectives a lock on their leading man? The case is about to take a shocking turn after all these years. Seven years after Adele Curtis turns up dead in her Phoenix rental condo, detectives are charging after Adele's angry ex-tenant, aspiring electrician, 25-year-old Paul Dalton. The thing that made him the suspect was the fact that he put himself in that house at a time when Adele Curtis could have been alive. But after struggling to connect Paul to the crime back in 1996, detectives think they finally hit the jackpot. With the recent discovery of the killer's DNA at the scene, the question is whether it's Paul's. With a court order in hand, detectives hunt Paul down to confront him about the latest break in the case. The ex-tenant was fairly easy to locate. I explained to him that I needed to talk to him again. He was very cooperative uh, and very willing to meet with us. Paul may have convinced cops they didn't have enough to arrest him the first time around. But all the smooth talking in the world won't get him off the hook if his DNA is a match. Too bad for police, that's not the case. His DNA did not match any of the, the uh, key items of evidence. It was obvious that he was not involved. It's a crushing blow to Detective Stevie and a real setback in the investigation. We still don't know who the profile's to. So there's still that, okay, we know it's not him. Who else could it be? At a loss for other solid suspects, detectives turn to CODIS, the national DNA database. Maybe Adele's killer has been arrested before and is in the system. It's a crapshoot, but investigators roll the dice. And as luck would have it, they get a hit. But it's a name no one ever saw coming. We have an individual whose DNA matches the, the crime scene. So we need to find out why. Why is this individual's DNA match the crime scene? Who he is? Where was he? What access could he have had? The DNA belongs to an ex-con by the name of Gary Snelling. And according to his criminal record, Gary's had a rash of run-ins with the law, including one charge that catches the eye of investigators. Uh, we were aware that he had been arrested for um, uh, lewd acts uh, in front of a child, actually within a block of Adele Curtis's house. This registered sex offender's name has never come up in the investigation before. So what could his connection be to Adele Curtis, a grown woman? Doing research on that person and that name, we were able to locate information that that person resided one block from Adele Curtis at the time of the murder. Is it possible that Adele had been cozying up to this crafty ex-con without knowing about his past misdeeds? 
and detectives aren't sure, so they check with Adele's family. But her daughter, Christy, hasn't a clue. I actually didn't know anything about Gary Snelling at all. I didn't know him as a neighbor or anything. Could Gary Snelling really be behind Adele's murder? Detectives think it's possible that this freakish flasher may have set his sights on Adele for some type of sick sex that went awry. Either way, this new development has them running on all cylinders. I think it's very exciting when you get certain breaks in a case because you're putting this puzzle together. You're trying to find out what happened. And that's your goal as an investigator. Detectives track the perverse parolee down, selling firewood near his current home in Prescott, Arizona, about two hours north of Phoenix. And back at the station, detectives grill him about how his DNA has pegged him as their perp. When uh, Mr. Snelling was informed by Detective Stevie that his DNA was found at the crime scene and in Adele's car, he responded with no emotion. And he said, the only thing that was important, I've never been there. But investigators know DNA doesn't lie. And they're positive they have their man. If it comes to believing Gary Snelling or believing the DNA evidence, I'm siding with the DNA evidence. Based on the DNA, as well as Gary's close proximity to the crime scene and his record as a sex offender, detectives arrest him for the murder of Adele Curtis, seven years after Adele stepped out of the shower on that fateful Sunday morning. In June of 2008, Gary Snelling is convicted of the first-degree murder of Adele Curtis and is sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Weaving together the evidence, police believe they've pieced together what happened on Sunday, July 18, 1996. Detectives believe Gary Snelling spotted Adele at home alone and saw an opportunity. His first idea was probably uh, uh, to engage in some type of sex act with uh, Adele against her will. Gary approached Adele's condo, and finding it unlocked, he entered. That for some reason, uh, he was able to tell she was in the shower, probably heard the water running. He goes into the adjoining bedroom, cuts the cord attached to the lamp. Gary then approaches the bathroom where Adele is showering. And when she steps out of the shower, he lunges at her. Gary strangles Adele to death with the cut lamp cord. And in the struggle, he cuts himself, leaving behind a single drop of blood. And then he went downstairs and helped himself to what was ever in her purse and uh, grabs a soda out of her own refrigerator. Then he strolls out of the house, locking the door behind him and takes off in Adele's truck. After tossing the soda can and keys, he parks the pickup behind the local bar and calmly walks less than a mile back to his condo, a block away from Adele's. Well, I believe this was a totally unnecessary, brutal murder of a lady who very dearly cared for his, her family and almost because of her independence was taken advantage of. Even though 16 years have passed since Adele's murder, the pain of her loss is still fresh in daughter Christy's heart. I still miss my mother with all my heart, and so I do. And then there's days that tear you apart. That's how I can explain it.
life in this sunny state is slowly getting back to normal, now that the condo killer is off the streets. And while the memory of Adele's murder remains, like a cowboy dusting himself off after a fall from his horse, the locals have picked themselves up by their bootstraps and gotten back on with their lives. The people here in Phoenix were strong. We are very strong. We're a tight community. Something terrible happens. Even though we're going through hard times, everyone's there to help everyone. We're there to help each other. And that's what I really love about Phoenix.